Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast with myself, comedian and writer Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from astrophysics to aeronautics, because mm. I'm not aware if there's a big difference. I feel like one maybe is one stage before the other. Right. Are you talking about flying? Yeah. And then I Let guess me, flying I mean, outside flying, of the yeah. gravitational pull to Earth. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very esteemed guest on the show. We do. Uh, today's guest is a British TV presenter, producer, comedian, writer, and novelist. He is best known for being the co creator and co producer of the BBC One show, Pointless. He also presents BBC Two's uh, House of Games and also Two Tribes, as well as being a team captain on Insert Name Here. His first novel comes out next year, and he is one of the four people in the world who support Fulham FC Red. Uh, not believed in that was not written by me so <laughs> that was dictated it was, it was a harsh joke I apologize it was, it was, not, it was a, not necessary it was a bit of a, a bit of non-conventional football banter from yeah, Howard yeah. Cohen uh, but uh, Howard is wearing Chelsea FC headphones at the yeah moment. as well yeah, yeah. Replaced, I'll give you I at time of recording as an Arsenal fan it's it's horrendous experience you have to but, borrow them yeah. Yeah. You, 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 jabbed, you jabbed first yeah uh, you've been true. exposed uh, and so as you can hear uh, ladies and gentlemen and how you choose to identify today's esteemed guest is Richard Osman. Hello, Dane. Hello, Howard. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm very, very well. It's so lovely to be here. Big fan. Long time listener. First time. Um, first time. Person on it. First time caster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, caster. Exactly that. Uh, sorry for the Fulham jab. Apologies. Hey, man, that's perfectly right. Yeah. The one thing you learn as a Fulham fan is to is to, you take the rough with the smooth. Mm, I couldn't yeah. care less. Uh, listen, you're an Arsenal fan, and that's a very difficult uh, thing to be because you're yeah. in a position where you expect success and you don't get it. Whereas I don't expect success and I don't get it. So actually. Yeah. I think that's a better that's a better position yeah, to be in, it? Yeah, it pretty much is, yeah, yeah. It's to expect nothing and be grateful for everything. Yeah, because you have a base level of expectation, which means anything that happens is a bonus. Yeah, it's Whereas exactly right. Whereas even for small victories for Arsenal, they're still quite pyrrhic in terms of yeah. what we've had to sacrifice in terms of self-respect exactly. and dignity. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, if we're like, oh, we won the Europa League, we'll be like, yeah, but part of us will be like, this is not good enough. I often think to myself, if I could choose to never have cared about football. Yeah. If I would choose that. No. Because I'll tell you why. It's just the amount of time it's taken up in my life and the reward has been limited at points. I don't think that's... I think sport, to me, is... is I couldn't live my life without it. Some people, it's music. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it'd be comedy and sport. Those are the two things. Right. Listen, there's no reason for us to be on this earth. Like, we're not, we're not here to achieve too. anything or be anything. Yeah. Uh, so we've just got to kill as much time as we possibly can. And I sport is... So, I sometimes worry that I'm going to fall out of love with sport and I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose that suspension of disbelief. Because right. like, sport is all about, um, oh, God, I hope Fulham have a good season. You think, yeah, but you thought that last season and you're going to think that next season. <laughs> and nothing changes. It's not, there's no end point it's where amazing. something happens. It's every season you're it's, thinking, it's ongoing. oh, this is... Oh, I hope we get some... But, is there, but there are people that have maybe 
been made aware of how much people become emotionally invested in uh, something like sport and there's I guess there's there's something primal about it I think there's an idea of of a marvelling at feats of human strength and kinesthetics as well as association and need for belonging so yeah well listen there's a a reason people go to church yeah yeah right and they're very very similar because if you notice when you watch a football game and it goes down to penalties both sides (laughs) are both praying but yeah If God's only listening to one of you. There's a lot of chanting. Exactly. There's a lot of chanting in both as well, isn't there? Really. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. And it's also probably done at the same frequency mm. um, because it's like if you listen to football chants and you listen to like uh, people reciting uh, psalms. Yeah. Mm. There's a certain megahertz. I, mean, I, I want to say. Oh, Apparently it's seven, seven, I think it's five to eight or seven okay. to eight. This sounds but, like something you haven't thought through, so I'm yeah, looking forward yeah. to this. Well, I, 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 remember, I forget the number. Please, please, but, please tell us, Professor. Yeah, but I'm going to throw it out there. I forget the number, but it's like, uh, it's almost as if, like, do you know when you stub your toe and you do that? Yeah. There's like, there's the low frequency there, which they reckon stimulates your body to begin its uh, self-repair system. Okay. In the same way that, like, hmm. cats purr when they're satisfied. Yeah. It's like a very low frequency which uh, is very calming because it's like it vibrates at the same way that your molecules vibrate as well, which is why human beings respond positively to uh, uh, low frequency and high vibration, and then we respond negatively to high frequency and low vibration, which is why it sounds like sirens and babies crying, we consider that to be alerts. Whereas, like, yeah, hear more uh, baseline, it's more relaxing. Even and why some people go to, they can only go to sleep if they've got the Hoover on or something? Yeah, noise. It's, yeah, these low, low vibrations are more relaxing. What do you, what do you like to hear when you go to sleep? Oh, I, I don't really like anything. I don't mind. I can fall asleep with the telly on. Right. That's about it. But nothing else apart from that. If I got music, if I got anything else, and I can't, and you fall asleep with telly on, and the, and you start dreaming, or if you wake up and you put the telly on, and suddenly. You know, Dan Walker is in your dreams, yeah. sort of oh. talking about. Or you know, if you feel like a Coke Zero, this is why adverts are they're louder than um, the programs you watch. Oh, that drives me mad. And yeah, some channels are that. They, they do that because they know people go to sleep with the television on and the TV, which means that your mind as you're about to go to sleep is more receptive to messages. But so there is a limit to how loud they're, they're allowed to be. Yeah, they're I can imagine. They've got to be broadcastable. Mm. Thank goodness for Ofcom. I, saw- oh, thank, I, I say it every day, Dane. Thank <laughs> goodness for Ofcom. They are a great gang yeah. of uh, when, when guys is off, When is Offnet going to be created is what I want to know. Offnet. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's for the fishing industry, I think. <laughs> yes, I think of the quite the right suffix. We'll come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I should ask first of all, are you well? I'm very, very well. Yeah, just finished a whole run of 200 episodes of Pointless. I got out of that last week, um, which is. Uh, and in, and in, in what space did you record those? Uh, I mean, we do four a day. Blimey. Apart from the celebrity ones, Dania came on a celebrity one where we only did two because they're such hard work because mm. because celebs like to talk more than they regular do. people. Oh god, eight comedians as well, and they don't do what they talk. That was no. a fun one though. That was, one fun, was a yeah. fun one. It was a good. Who were you, were you on a team? Who were you on I was team? on uh, Shazia Mirza. Nice. And uh, we were competing against uh, Junior Simpson and Patrick Monaghan uh, and <laughs> Jesse Byrne, Cave and Ed Byrne. And fun. Yeah, that was, was that was it, right? I can't know. There's another. There was no, another, another team. No, no, there's another team who were now sitting at home going, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> yeah, it was cut. Whose name is have eluded me? So yeah, I finished that. So I'm back in um, in my day job now, where you very kindly come to me uh, here at uh, Endemol Shine, which was which was my job for like 20 years before. I've got on telly. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird. So this is this has been my career. This is this is this has been the most successful thing I've ever done. End of my shine. And then I go and be on a tea time quiz show, and that's <laughs> the only thing people know you from. You think, well, that's peculiar. But yeah. So this is my um, this is this is my heartland. So welcome, lovely to have you. Pleasure, pleasure to be in in, in the lair in the lair, lair exactly. of creativity. 
way. Uh, so we could do a brainstorm a quickly for us. Do you need oh. any new show ideas? Or? Uh, we Well, as you, listen, you're in the same business. It's, yeah. it's, it's always new show ideas, right? Yeah, That's it's the slightly fun of exhausting, it. yeah. Well, we spend our whole life, the lovely thing when you do quiz shows as well and game shows, mm. is the only way really to develop quiz and game shows is once you had the idea is to play them. Play, 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 like kind of 50, 100 times. And so the amount of times we just play quizzes yeah. around here or play games mm. and stuff like that and people from the building you send out an everyone email and people come down and play quizzes and, you know, it's lovely so there's been a lot of joy and laughter around this uh, this very table yeah. kind of coming up with shows then and, there's the bit after you've played it where you scratch your head trying to work out the thing that isn't quite well, right well that's it well normally that's the work. bit that kills me <laughs> yeah and you know with quizzes as well you know if you want to do something like pointless you're going to do 2,000 episodes of this so anything that can go wrong will go wrong so you have mm. to really test it like we crash test dummies all the time and yeah you have to you have to give up after a while if it's not working and sometimes you fix A with B and mm. then B needs to be fixed with C and then the second that C has been fixed with D you think this is not this show is not working <laughs> yeah. anymore you know you have to have like a, a then Rolls there's the Royce bit, then there's the bit that kind of hurts me uh, in my soul a bit where you have an idea it, it works it's really good and then, for whatever reason, not necessarily the fault of the channels or the broadcasters or the commissioners or the people or any involved, but there's something that needs to change. There's something that they yeah. don't want or it's not right. And that process can then destroy the yeah. thing that was good. But I think if you, just for me here in the, the chain of like logistics, I can understand why that gets messed up because then you've got producers and exec producers and then yeah. channel and broadcasters, yeah. production companies. So it's just this long chain. It. I mean, you have to have a great idea and then you have to get lucky. Yeah. It's the truth. And you see so many shows that come on, and I was watching with a producer's eye, uh, and you can see where the, you see why it went wrong, because you can see, you can absolutely pinpoint, you go, I bet the show was this. Mm-hmm. And then the commissioner, because that show had been out, said, look, it can't be exactly this, can it be a bit mm. like this? And you've tried to do that, uh, and you've compromised the show, and you see, okay, that doesn't yeah. work because of that. Uh, and so you have to be so lucky for every step of the process for the show to be going in the right direction. Mm. And hey, Pointless is one of the great success stories well, of television, one, right? Yeah, because it's a, it's a listen, because the one. you know the 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 the, uh, the format is too complicated, really, uh, and it's um it's got a great title and it's got a great hook, you know that kind of reverse family fortunes thing. But around the world, they try and make it around the world all the time because yeah, Endemol Shine we're a multinational yeah. company, so you know if we got a show like Million Pound Drop. Mm. That was the most profitable show in the world for three years because every country makes it because right. I see how this works. It's got the best title, really. It's got a good title. <laughs> it's yeah. got a great title. Really. And with this show, people go, "Oh, it's the, the ratings are so big in the UK, so let's make it." And then they watch it and they go, "Why? Uh, we can't work out why that is successful in the UK <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't seem to really." And because it's a, such a British show, it's just yeah. kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you never can tell what's going to be a hit, right? You just, you can't tell. The only show I ever did where I thought, I know for a fact this is going to be a hit, uh, was Deal or No Deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only one where I just thought, every time you play it, you just think, look, people are going to go, this is ridiculous, and this is just choosing boxes. Mm. But the second you play it, a couple of times you go, you see that it's got so much more resonance than that. Mm. So that's the only time I ever knew, this is definitely going to be it's a, a hit. It's a game of chance which involves winning money it'd never be too stupid I mean I used to work in William Hill and oh yeah he was and they had virtual horse racing yeah and people yeah. still gambled on that and yeah. I was like you I mean yeah even if you argue as a gambler that or a gamer that games can be rigged yeah it's much more likely that people can rig obviously virtual racing surely than it is but it is rigged as well I yeah. mean that's the point if you run any fixed odds game and lots of mm. tv companies did when game shows came out uh you know you're getting you, you're essentially giving back 85 percent of money that's put in yeah and so you know for a fact you that you know 
how much money you're going to make out of it. Yeah. Uh, and you know that the gambler is going to you know, make back their money 85% of the time and lose their money 15% of the time. That's how those fixed odds terminals work. And those, fortunately, seem to have been cracked down on, which is, uh, which is great. I don't mind betting on football and yeah. horse racing and politics and stuff like that. It feels like it's got some element of fun. But fixed odds betting is, uh, is, uh, is, is awful. Dirty business. Yeah. yeah. Luckily um, for me, this uh, podcast is not sponsored by the Mafia. They may be offended by the <coughs> statements. Yeah. Well, it's not. So you're, you're one of the few podcasts that's not sponsored yeah, by the Mafia. We're, we're holding on by a thread, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to No Such yeah. Thing as a Fish the other day. That's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. sponsored all by the over Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this week, we're sponsored by... <laughs> it's, um, I think it's probably time for a question. Okay. We should probably yeah. go to Richard for a question, Dave. We should. As you know, uh, Richard, uh, our esteemed guest, I was invited to ask the first question, which we discuss. Uh, then Howard will answer, ask a question, which we will all answer and discuss and then we'll finish with my question right. towards you well listen we've touched upon the area already I've worked in telly since I was 21 so nearly, nearly 30 years and people have said almost from day one TV's on its way out Hmm. You know, like the music industry was and like newspapers um, hmm. are. Uh, and funny enough, it's got more and more profitable every year, but it's changed a huge amount. And I sense it's about to change a huge amount more. So my question is, what is television going to be like in 10 years' time? Ah. It's interesting. And, and this is because we are considering the SVOD, subscri- subscription video on demand, yeah, services, the Netflix's Netflix's and... and um, Amazon Prime, and we're going to have a Disney Plus one very soon. Which and, is going uh, to be for, crazy. That's yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah. Like, Disney, I mean, I have tried to tell people that you are watching them almost observe a monopoly on, on childhood. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, between their existing fair, yeah. plus the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. and their stake in Lucasfilm, yeah. and Pixar Animation, yeah. and Buena Vista. <laughs> as their film production company for sure not bad is uh, it as well as you know their existing TV offerings yeah and also it's not chartered either because Marvel because Marvel's for adults as well yes. and, and, for, you know, yeah. and, for, yeah. and for parents and, and, and so it's like Disney probably own 50% of human nostalgia in the West mm. Mm. yeah and they, and they want to they, they, they want to own nostalgia like Facebook owned data right pretty yeah. much I think, I think that's it and I, and I think they realise that uh, you know that has become a massive part of the human complex of, of more recent years is this yearning to maybe go backwards or to remain in an arrested development where mm. we are, which is, you know, we make sure we even have political narratives like making America great again, etc. Because mm. people are like, oh, mm. those are the days. But it's like, so, you know, it's fascinating. Something like Netflix when, you know, however much new stuff they launch, 17% of, a, of viewing in America and Netflix is um, the American office. Seventeen <laughs> percent. People just watch that over and over again. Yeah. I think eleven uh, percent was Friends, and you know it, it's yeah. um, it's that same stuff. But I, you know, I th- personally think so. Look, we culturally come from a time where we watch terrestrial television. BBC One, BBC Two, ITV mm. Channel. Well, Friends four. at nine o'clock on a Friday night. Was yeah, a cultural. You know, moment. which is fascinating. And people think that's collapsed, and it has, it has collapsed much less than people think it has. It's still huge, but it's definitely collapsed amongst the under 25s I mean it's mm. gone completely oh, gone which means that in 10 years time actually uh, the, the cliff we're approaching that cliff so what we think of as television now in a certain generation which is those main channels mm. uh, is you know and you know Antiques Roadshow and Country File and The Chase and yeah. you know these, these things in the schedule that have been there forever EastEnders Corrie that's the thing I think in my mm. opinion will not be with us in 10 years time it might take longer than 10 years that's my only my only one point would be that it, it, uh, uh, the progression of it was just going to mm. continue until like you say some things will disappear some things never will disappear so live sport is the one thing yeah. we can guarantee pretty much will always sure. be on our 
on our platforms, but, the, but live. The, the, I think yeah, it's the platforms that will disappear, right? Mm. Yeah. And with the with the platforms goes that thing which was talked about a lot, which is the joint viewing experience, mm. which is knowing that as you're watching something, other people are watching it at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And now we'll go, oh, look, I know I'm watching Succession on HBO and I know my mates are also watching that and I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. But you don't have that thing... Of uh, sitting around together and watching it. everyone yeah. in the country Although is weirdly, watching this thing. Weirdly, there is a, occasional dalliances into that from Netflix. So there's a very talked about show called Power, uh, which is, mm. I'd say, a, a, like, a, yeah. like a hip-hop gangster soap opera. Soap opera, yeah. And um, they are releasing it every week, one episode yeah. at a time. So I get home on a Monday night, mm. wife goes to bed, I feel, I feel and it like... goes on. And uh, it, it's interesting, they, they took a week off this week. Yeah. And I went, I went to sit down on Monday night, I had my, oh, had no. my yoghurt. No power. I had my yoghurt and it wasn't there. And I was like, ah. Powerless. And, and I, was, <laughs> I was aware that, oh wow, they've actually used their platform to be a scheduler. Which they will do, right? Because cause it works. And listen, that's why live sport works so well on telly, is you have to watch it. Mm, There's yeah. nothing worse than watching a live sporting event when it's already finished. Oh, and social media helps us. We want to watch things at the same time. But, you know, the furniture around the terrestrial television. television. Yeah, it needs to be the feng, even the feng shui needs to be arranged around. You know, and it's, it's, uh, that's going to go. If you're, IT, if you're Channel 4... Yeah, you know? and listen, the BBC will have a slightly longer tail, I suspect, yeah. and will probably end up subscription because I, I, I don't see how it can't eventually. Mm. If no one younger is watching it, which yeah. is not the BBC's fault, by the way, they keep getting raked over the coals. Yeah, but you think well, they're not watching ITV or Channel Four or anything yeah. else; they're yeah. picking and choosing anything. You know, so so eventually that's got to be subscription. I mean, the BBC could just invest more into their iPlayer. And then yeah, which what is it what they potentially doing. do is then it just provides a way to have an interface for your over 25s and people who would are your fans of your Antiques Roadshows to maybe be able to look at archival footage as well as maybe but, seeing... But yeah. the issue comes from that if Bob. you're talking about the older generations, mm-hmm. when you turn on your television, I don't know about you, but when I turn on my television, I have an interface that offers me BBC iPlayer, mm-hmm. ITV Hub and all the other yeah. options. Mm-hmm. And that's my interaction with BBC. And if I want to watch BBC live... I just go through that app on my TV, but I am in a minority, right? I don't know the stats. Yeah, but I mean, it's still re- huge. Most stuff is still watched live, but that's because TV is watched by older people. By yeah. much, you know, I have to accept at forty-eight. I'm an older person. I don't feel like I am, um, but you know, so so most people do still watch live. But anyone who's under forty and watching BBC yeah. One, yeah, is mm. watching not via pressing the button one. But then it, it, it it's also, and this is why it's. Uh, an interesting question in many ways is that is, is it's a challenge for the people behind television to work out how do you keep people coming back to have to watch so whether you enjoy Love Island or not mm. uh, I'm not a personal yeah. viewer uh, you can't deny they trapped people into yeah, coming yeah, back to sure. watch it again yeah, and again they trapped 2 million people in mm. which you know 20 years ago would have been a disaster yeah. but these mm. days it's 20 million yeah, for uh, sorry, format, it's, yeah. it's 2 million young people mm. all of whom are very easy to advertise to yeah. and, I think, and I think that's really how they realise the uh, profitability and the success of it is that now you can use these like they take these people and then yeah it's, it's the social media generated mm. so I think it's actually the buzzwords and it's the, the metrics generated not just from the broadcast of it on television mm. I think this is where TV, and it may be some aspects of that might be quite malevolent in that people are aware now that they don't necessarily have to produce content of a certain level. It might be particularly socially responsible, or yeah. Yeah. but it means that if you can drive that awareness to social media and then be able to represent your success quantitatively, then they don't really care about. Well, Naked Attraction is quite an interesting example of that. Naked Attraction. Is I'd a love show. to see the pitch for that. <laughs> 
but the but the idea on the on your when you're looking at what's on television tonight and you're skimming through the word naked <laughs> yeah. being there and then attra- and then you yeah, probably yeah. a lot of people probably heard of that show if you're in the mood for that so type of thing go channel five business model <laughs> yeah. after the watershed had to compete it's like oh. it's exactly that to, you know to have a title that does what it says on the tin and make mm. sure the biggest part of the title is in the first three words because that's yeah. the bit that people see on the uh you know the epg that's 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 yeah. the bit they see yeah there's no point saying the curious case of you know if it's about obesity yes let's say obesity yeah. or if it's about you know has to say fat and something in, yeah. in the title exactly you you know, because 16 and because people people zero on these things and, they, and, and I'm sure they have the research to know what kind of but it's uh, listen, you know in, in, in the future I mean it's a bad time to be a, a terrestrial platform I would mm. say if you're BBC or if you're ITV or if you're Channel 4 it's a very it's, it's not your business model is not going to get more fun no. you know it's going to get less and less great time to be a content creator there's more money than there's ever been before because these huge players are coming into the market Netflix and Amazon yeah. Yeah. Disney the money is crazy anyone who's it's a drama producer now is making <laughs> it's I mean, outrageous a yeah. fortune because people, there's, it's a huge loss leader people are investing enormous now, amounts yeah, of stuff especially and that's what the, and Amazon now if you are a writer and performer now this is like you've seen with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and uh, Lena Waithe and there's like mm. if you have content and ideas yeah. and you're able to produce a now there's a scope for you to make something with longer and have a longer episode mm. or series arc then yeah because yeah. I guess what happened was is that TV has always got, I guess been considered inferior uh, to film yeah and Definitely. now of course we know but now film but now box set I would argue is at equal to or maybe bigger than film better yeah, bigger, 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 bigger and better, better yeah. everything Every, yeah it's, you know you it, can look at it, Game of Thrones with the same production values and epic aesthetic as any film yeah. any Ben-Hur or, well and there has or, to be a, a correlation between more films getting longer at the cinema God, come <laughs> at on, the cinema yeah. and that being a direct link to trying to give you a bit of what you get in box set life yeah, they yeah. just can't give it to you in 90 minutes now you know it's they really can't, but the problem is the cost of a cinema ticket is the cost of your your, your monthly subscription yeah. to like yeah. a, to a streaming platform see my so. my business idea is to is to set up a cinema where you go and watch telly with other people <laughs> so that's you can literally go and idea. watch any box set. So you just schedule it. You just yeah. schedule old Doctor Who's and stuff like that for people on a yeah. Friday. But you know, then you go and watch put Game of Thrones on, or you put Sopranos. You know, we're doing mm. Sopranos this week, and yeah. you know, you get more have, people going to that. Have, it, have, have an intermission. Yeah, exactly. Oh All my of that. Have it as a bar, oh wandering and out. Do not steal Richard's idea. Oh no, I'm very happy. Box, Listen, box set cinema. Do not steal. I've got, that idea. I've got to point out that Tiff Stevenson, the comedian, once said something very similar to us about putting Netflix on cinema, in cinema screens. Do you remember on the live? She did say something. Well, it's, net, it's Netflix. It's, 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 yeah. which, that's the idea of it. It's like, but it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm deeply happy for someone to take that idea. But I've, I've got enough on my plate. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to go to this place. Oh, lovely. What would you All like right. to watch? So, I'm, well, kind of anything, right? right. That's, that's the beauty of it. Is you can watch any nostalgic stuff. You can sit. You know, you can have friends on all day if you want you can have the american office mm. on all day if you want these things that people are watching but you watch with other people and you can sit down with a drink and that's fun uh, you can have live television on there as well mm. you can have box sets from the 80s you can have box sets from the 90s you know every time attenborough's got a new thing everyone can sit and watch it together and think isn't this wonderful you know mm. yeah play all your way through the, if, you, if you've never watched the sopranos or breaking bad what's you know, wrong with you some of us haven't <laughs> but, but what's but what's wrong with you buddy but well i haven't seen the sopranos <laughs> because no but sometimes <laughs> okay yeah, great sometimes podcast. it hits you <laughs> 
and it's over. <laughs> Sometimes it hits you at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, like, yeah. And you can't catch up. And I didn't, I didn't watch Breaking Bad when it first came out. I didn't, I didn't watch it immediately. So You're I, in I for a treat, by the way. No, but then usually you watch a couple of them, you go, oh, I don't really, uh, this is not for me. Or right. you're, you're with someone who's already watched all of them, so you're not going to do that. It's like when people say, oh, I didn't care for season two of The Wire, and you think, what do you mean? Oh, that's no, no. How the film was created, that's insane. Sopranos is one of the ultimate watches. Well, it's one of the ones that launched the whole format of box sets. Sopranos, The Wire, and Sex in the Sea. And um, Oz. Oz, All of this stuff. Imagine if, when you look at what's on in a cinema, you kind of think, it's fine. You look this week, you think, well, you can go see The Joker, or you can go see the Judy Garland film, or you can go see. Right. If you Mm. went there, you'd say, all right, they've got Sopranos, they've got Breaking Bad, they've got Game of Thrones, they've Mm. got Friends, they've got. You know what? That's just more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, is it other. I mean, maybe maybe conventions we need. I, said, I imagine maybe conventions work in that respect anyway. But I, I, in terms of the future of television, yes. where it's going to go, 10 yeah. years, I'm not sure, but you know, 20, 30, I think the majority of our interfaces will be designed in the way that we've become accustomed to, which yeah. is we're a minority of the yeah. population. Yeah. And if that interface permits the advertising that when you go on, I don't know if you use uh, Channel 4's app on your TV or not. but It never seems to work, the yeah, Channel right. 4, 4 player. It always seems yeah. to, oh. like halfway through, you go, all oh, right, now I've got to sit through those adverts again mm, and yes. it's going to crash. That's and sad. I've, to, yeah. I, I, I've, I've watched a fair old amount of uh, Kitchen Nightmares USA. Oh, I love Kitchen Nightmares. Which is just a joy. A hilarious sitcom where a man turns up to ruin people's business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, while, while, while berating him as he does it yeah. <laughs> it's just wonderful um, I do love and, it. but you do get a lovely paint job uh, on the place where he's there um, but he doesn't do that uh, but the uh, and do I watch that and I reckon I've watched 40 episodes over the last yeah. couple of years and um, I've sat through more adverts and actually probably paid more attention to those adverts because I had to because oh, really? the, in the way in the sense that I can't flip the channel yeah. Do you see what I mean? I can't change the channel, so I'm stuck with those adverts. Yeah, that's so if true. that philosophy is spread, so let's say at the moment, let's pretend it's let's say it's ten percent of the population are watching TV how we're watching it. If in t- twenty years it's fifty, that advertising revenue from the on demand will be facilitating all of these broadcasters. I think subscription is the thing. I get so annoyed when you watch something on Amazon Prime. So my daughter's just come home from a year abroad, so we're watching the American Office, right? Because I've seen mm. it before. So we're watching it through, and it's on Amazon Prime, and they keep showing adverts in between the episodes for yes. Amazon Prime shows. You think, mate. I just paid you whatever it is a month I'm paying yeah, you. Yeah, Don't show me an advert for something. Well, Channel 4 are offering an advert-free service on their platform yeah. as well. So but that's see, the but thing. you have to pay a premium for that. See, the thing is, I like... The that's what's going to happen. Netflix is, does, doesn't do that. I mean, the way they, the reason why they're able to avoid it is because they can realise that through original content and have mm. product placement, yeah, yeah. which I feel like I prefer to adverts. But it's worth flagging yeah. up one thing. Uh, as with many of these wonderful companies that we love, Netflix, Uber, uh, not making a lot of profit but that's the point because they need to get they need to bully everybody else at the market look we're, yeah. we're in this amazing time now where we're getting cheap, telly much cheaper than it should be yeah. mm. I mean much 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 cheaper we're getting cabs much cheaper than we should be all of that stuff uh, and it's only because venture capital are throwing so much money at these companies because the second you've got a monopoly on this market like Facebook has on theirs uh, that's when you make the real mm. money, and of course, that's when the price ramps up. And if you're a, if you're of this sort of bent, and you want to get rid of BBC and license fee and stuff like that, you think we will be left with television that's incredibly expensive. Mm. I mean, you know, like Sky Sports now can't be afforded by most people. Mm. Television that's very, very expensive, and that's the only television you're going to be able to watch. 
you know. Yeah. And so again, television will be for rich people. And the one thing about television is, is it was it's the most democratic of uh, of, of of media because yeah. you just sit there and it's cheap and you watch this stuff and people bring yeah. these incredible things into your world. And that's the thing that's going to disappear because you're going to be paying thirty quid a month yeah. to watch. Yeah, I mean, that's how much you pay for a Skybox anyway, which you know, is like crazy, uh, having yeah. a mortgage on your television. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like, yeah. but isn't this where digital media comes in because it further democratizes it because essentially it's like public access. Kind of, but you know, telly does need some production values. Yes. And the barriers to entry in telly are quite high. It it is expensive to make Mm. But then at the same time, technological advances happening co-currently, it's like you see a lot of, uh, you know, content creators who produce stuff, which is not of a television standard, but... But it's great, yeah. It's great, and it's enough enough to springboard them into, you know, uh, in a a position where they can be offered the same kind of revenue to produce stuff. I guess guess it depends on the type of show you're talking about. Michael Dapper, for example, mm, went yeah. from you know doing uh, his uh, his own show somewhere in London, to then obviously becoming like a global star. But so. that's like comedy clubs were. I mean, sometimes but, yeah. you know you use things like YouTube and stuff like mm. that to. But you know, it's a springboard. But it's a springboard to get into the world where you do monetize what you do and you yeah. do get funding for what you do. No one is doing YouTube for nothing and then staying yeah. on YouTube for nothing. You know what well, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the second anyone who's even even YouTubers, the second they get they go out on tour and they do all sorts of stuff and suddenly the production values go through the roof. You know, that's the that's the point. But it's all it's all about the type of thing that you're talking about and and, and the different genres. So yeah. for example, if you go on YouTube to watch YouTube homemade dramas you may find some quite clever things, but nothing at the scale yeah. that you get. Yeah. A great example, I always think, I used to work on a show called Impractical Jokers in the UK, for BBC yeah. Three, uh, and it was a great show. I loved making it. We didn't have the biggest budget, but we had a budget that meant that we could do some quite crazy things. That If you try to do that online just as yourself, you'll never do it as well as we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you never do it as well. well so you exactly right. have to, well, it's the, there's a lot of litigation that costs money when you're yeah. yeah. practicing people on the street. <laughs> so, yeah. All manner of levels. Yeah. Of, but, um, yeah, it's. I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I think we're going to be fine. Drama. The thing that's not going to be fine is mid-market television. The stuff that will disappear. Like yeah. I watched. Right, my favorite show at the moment is the Repair Shop. Right, mm-hmm. uh. which is this BBC One show where yep. people bring in like old stuff from the fifties that are broken mm. or something. That they are, their late husband used to kind of you know like a clock he had, mm-hmm. and these these men and these women they sort of spend that hour fixing it, and it's beautiful. And you come back and you get it, and everyone's in tears. Mm. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's genuinely lovely, life affirming bit of telly. But that is going to disappear. That I, will disappear. Pointless will disappear. I'm not completely Game convinced shows will disappear. because I think niche, no one's going to fund them. But niche interests will That's find will find a way. It. Who's going to fund it? So I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. My favourite show on television at the moment. I've already talked about this to you recently. Is the Doghouse on Channel Four? I love the Doghouse. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. it. Rich, let's go and watch it now. Yeah, 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 that's a great perfect show. afternoon. I was, Me and Rich Gosling just watching the Doghouse. I was weeping. Oh, I can't cope with it. I genuinely can't look at my wife when I'm watching. What's the Doghouse? It's like it's like this sounds wrong. It's like dating agency where people who want a dog go to um, ah, this wood okay. green animal shelter yeah, it's isn't lovely it? in Cambridgeshire and you like sort of, they explain why they need a dog like the husband so you, has just died or, or someone uh, had one leg and yeah. he lost a leg in a really sad accident and he needed some company and he just he can't work anymore and yeah. they kind of go oh we got that dog and that dog and then they, they sort of introduce them to each other in this quite lovely controlled environment uh, and it's just beautiful isn't it and it's that, lovely. obviously there's a big ad at the beginning of every ad yeah. break from a pet insurance firm. Yeah, but you're not going to get... To, but there's a big ad because they know a million people are going to watch it. Mm, yeah. You know, Whereas if it's something you're just going to launch on their website and they're getting kind of 7,000 views... Right, you're, that's what you're saying. It's, it's never going to be on television anymore. Mm. That will not be on TV. Pointless won't be on TV. The Chase won't be on TV. None of this stuff will be on 
television because you can't market it to to uh, eighteen to twenty five year olds, that, which is that's yeah. the only place. It's the only place there's any. Well, the money. holy grail, and, that, and that's because and you're always going to contextualize television formats in terms of who you can attract demographically. Yeah. as well. and with the BBC, yeah. you don't have to worry. You can have shows that that do attract an older audience because yeah. you know there's not the commercial imperative, and ITV a little bit as well because they have a different sort of um, uh, advertising metric. But uh, if you if you're not getting eighteen to twenty five year olds who Lovely though they are, are mm. the only people who are susceptible. Yeah. They're so susceptible to advertising. Yeah. They, will, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. they will buy yeah. stuff if you tell them. Yeah. yeah, because well, listen, we were all eighteen to twenty-five once, yeah. uh, and if you can't sell it to them, then no one's going to fund it. Well, it was a hell of a question. Sorry, it's a hell of a great oh, no, question. Love that question. Good question. Really good. It kind of makes. Well, we'll be interested to know what our, 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 mm. our listeners and uh, the followers on Twitter uh, come and find us and. Tell Richard what you think. Yeah, uh, people, hopefully, pointless just goes forever. Well, listen, I mean, nothing goes forever. Some yeah. things might. Some yeah, nothing, nothing goes forever. But I suppose it, if it, I died tomorrow, then yeah. for me, it would have gone forever. Yes, well, yeah. so good point. I mean, if I, mean, I die before, and it technically, dies. If, as it's broadcast in transverse waves, so it's, very, it's somewhere in space. Oh, yeah. There is somewhere. like some maybe in the Andromeda or well, Nebula. That's the lovely thing like, about having been yeah. on. Have I got news for you? And QI and would I lie to you enough? Mm. I know that I forever exist on Dave. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah Dave forever, yeah, perpetually. Yeah, exactly. Dave forever. And then in a, another, another, another pocket dimension where exclusively Dave content is allowed to be shown in some kind of Dave Tatorship. Yeah, Dave Tatorship, yeah. yeah. I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd sign up for Dave Tatorship. Yeah, you did very well. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably on, like, um, currency there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is a very different question, moving away from television. It's more towards family. Um, And I I think there's a a very famous thing about uh, Richard Osman's family. Okay. uh, Which involves you and your brother. Yeah. Who was, is uh, the bassist from the band Suede. Correct. He is. Uh, Suede, for me, big band when I was growing up. Uh, there are two particular albums that I loved very much. Lovely. I've heard of them, so they're big. There you yeah. go. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. they, they, had a, they had an interesting career because they had a, a real peak and then they dropped away for a little bit and then they had a real peak again and, and became mm. really, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really loved. Um, and so you both had kind of enormous set success in your own fields. Yeah. Uh, and so the question is, do you think sibling rivalry is a good thing? And obviously Dane has a, 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 a twin... Sister, yeah. you can throw him into the mix, but we'll ask Richard first. <laughs> yeah, you, do you, do you, like, you go first. Do you feel you've got rivalry with your? your it's rivalry? a really good question. I talked to my mum the other day, and she's because my brother's very bright. He's much brighter than me. Right. People think I'm clever because I do a quiz, but you know, I'm, I'm quick-witted. Is all I've got. That's all I am. Right. Um, Where, how do you fall down in, in, in other ways? I just, you know, I just don't understand how things work right. by and large. Practically, I'm just, I'm terrible. Are you good in the kitchen? No, no, right. no. Okay. Anything that requires any sort of procedure. Okay. I'm like I can't. It just doesn't go into my head. <laughs> so I'm good at talking. I'm good at work. I'm good at solving problems in right, the real world. Right, I'm good right. with people's emotions. I'm empathetic, but I'm not. I'm not a practical person. My brother's very bright, academically bright. Uh, and my mum said a few years ago, said I was always very worried. So he's three years older than my brother. That um, you sort of feel you, that you would feel that you were in his shadow because he was he did um, so well at school. And I said. Literally, I would not have occurred to me <laughs> to give a toss about what my brother was doing. <laughs> yeah. But I love my brother. Uh, but I've never felt um, a rival to him. And his success, what's the age gap? Just out of interest, three years. Okay, so it's tight. Oh, okay. It's tight. Yeah. Uh, and his success obviously was in, in the world of music. Listen, maybe if I'd been a musician. Yeah. There would be some sibling rivalry, but it's not a world. I'm, I'm, he's really cool, my brother. I mean, mm. it's really cool. 
you know, and I'm really uncool. <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in, in a world where, and, you know, with all due respect, yeah. I think geek geekier culture in the last 10, 15 years became very accepted by the internet and therefore yeah. I think well, Richard Osmond cult- in many people's well, eyes you're culture was the internet I think geeky culture was the internet and as, yeah. I think as the internet yeah. increased in prominence then I always reference the yeah. Big Bang Theory as something yeah. that many decades ago or in the may- previous years would never have been a popular show because how yeah, could you yeah. have a yeah. show that's about geeks even though it's the same yeah. kind of uh, classic sitcom uh, format where just people wearing like geeky skins. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I mean, for all of the. Uh, they make jokes about Dr. Spock. They do, yeah. So, you know, for both, for... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. References, the love interests are still mm. like sure. big boob. But America's always been good at that. So we've always thought yeah. considered America to be thick. And you think, yeah. look, their biggest sitcom for years was Frasier. Yeah. Yes. About, yeah. You know, Frasier and Niles, you couldn't... They're One kind of the of most highbrow sitcoms of all time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but he's super cool. And I'm not super cool. So I've always... Every single ounce of his success has been a delight to me. Mm. Because it's not treading on my... Uh, territory at all and I think the, the, the you know, so I, I was business successful so he didn't have to worry about me being the public eye till I was 40 odd and since then my public success again it's in a very different world to his yeah. so there's been no rivalry now I have a novel coming out called mm. The Thursday Murder Club in September 2020 and my brother has a novel coming out called The Ruins uh. in February 2020 now neither of us knew we were writing we both at late 40s went do you know because we're both writers really yeah. we both thought oh it's about time we do this but we hadn't told each other until we were sort of happy that we'd written happen. something that was yeah. good uh, and then we discovered we both got this novel coming out so if there ever is to be any sibling rivalry uh, that will be 2020 will be uh, where the that Osmond's book sale battle yeah I mean, exactly yeah. Even, know, though, is, the, even though they both sound like they're part of the same anthology so yeah, a little bit. <laughs> again you read his book and his is really Cool. Mm. Uh, it's really it's a beautiful book uh, and very literary. And mine is a bit more crowd pleasing. Mm. It's, it's a very. Uh, it's, I'm very, very, very proud of it. But it's 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 got that mainstreamness with a little bit of edge to it. Yeah. Whereas his has got edge with a little bit of mainstreamness. And he's the it. older brother, right? Yeah. He is. And so th- was there any bit of him pushing you, like pushing you forward because of him? Yeah. Not really. No, because he's listen. I've always, I've, 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 I've never lacked. Um, uh, we grew up with no money. We grew up in a in in, in a place where nothing was really happening uh, very happily. But um, so both of us, I think, the one thing that we have in common is we wanted to be in the middle of something else. We wanted to be in the middle of another conversation. We wanted to get out there and do something. Mm. But we had very different paths because we're very different human beings. But we both had that ambition, and we both driven. Uh, I think about as far as our talent is possible to take us. <laughs> uh, and but it's um, 
it's 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 been a symbiotic thing rather than a, uh, oh, a competitive thing. That's lovely to hear. It's really cool because your relationship with your <laughs> sister. Oh, here we go. I have, I have two sisters, though. Oh, of course. So yeah, course, sorry, two sisters. The good one and the bad one. Yeah, basically, uh, for lack, uh, lack of a better expression. Because one's um, a non-identical twin, right? Yes. Yeah. Good. So, you, you would hope so. Yeah, yeah. She's born first. It's an hour between us. <laughs> uh, I, the most peaceful hour you've ever sure. had. I, yeah, well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure if that had any bearing on the relationship. I, I, I'm. I couldn't really tell you the complex of my sister. I feel like maybe because of the connotations of being twins, that's something she always fought against. Hmm. And I didn't, like I said, I don't really care about it. I yeah. never really gave it that much thought. I was never that kind of person to focus on worrying about what my sister was doing in the first place. I never, I was the first boy in my generation of cousins. My mum has six sisters and most of her sisters have like two daughters and one son, but I was the first boy. So there was about six, or seven girls before me. So everyone I kind of interacted with was women, which has been beneficial, I guess. Yeah. And mm. uh, my older sister uh, very much takes after my dad. So she's very, what well, I guess we used to call tomboyish at the time. So she was never into like, you know, dresses and heels right. and stuff. And, you know, she was the first person I saw, uh, you know, she should learn to drive first, fix her tires herself. And so I guess hmm. a part of my life was looking for fraternity because I didn't have any brothers or any yeah. males and any of my age. But my older sister kind of always filled that void very well because say she wasn't very girly and she'd, but at the same time was able to always give me a perspective which would become very helpful when I was like an adolescent and yeah. was doing stuff like interacting with girls and stuff it was always fine and relaxed because I'd always be hanging out with her and her friends so I never found the situation very daunting and guys played they placed so much pressure and stigma on the idea of like courtship and approaching women mm, whereas for me sure. and I never thought about it until they made it a thing because I'd never had any problem or apprehension about approaching women or speaking to women uh, because this is what I would do with my sister's friends all the time and make jokes and entertain or whatever. Sure. And it was almost like, so, and I always found it strange when guys would be like, I just don't know how to speak to women. I'd be like, well, just like you speak to everyone yeah. else. <laughs> so what's that? They're people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, but they're, it was like, they're, they're like people, but nicer. Ba- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like people, but nicer. And uh, yeah. Um, whereas my twin, I, 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 how can I describe this relationship? So, my sister and I, I guess if we are, you know, grew up in the exact same environment. So I remember an episode of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd go Yeah, yeah, it was coming. It's classic it? one. So the episode is when uh, Kelly, uh, I think, yeah, played by Tiffany Amber Theerson. So yeah. her, her dad is working for like the Special Forces in the States. And then they wrote into Saved by the Bell that world peace breaks out. So he ends up losing his job because if there's world peace, like having you know, these divisions mm. isn't required. So because of the financial hit the family takes, she can't go to the prom. Okay. So what happens is that the rest of the Saved by the Bell gang basically show up at her house and like, we'll bring the prom to your house. Lovely. And I remember my sister thinking, oh, that's nice. And I remember me thinking, how the fuck are you crying in your house over world peace, you selfish bitch? Like, <laughs> priorities. <laughs> I feel like I was probably nine or ten when I reached that conclusion. And I think it was around the, and it was, and it was around the same time I, like, I was discovering stuff like Public Enemy. Right, right. And uh, yeah. on like hip hop and stuff. And growing up in the UK, I guess. So then we're seeing these uh, image, images that represented myself mm. and spending a lot more time in the States and then starting to have a lot more affinity with hip hop culture. And I feel like my sister stayed in this uh, Saved by the Bell mentality. Mm. So With the prom. Yeah, with the, and, that, and that whole kind of thing. And I feel like oh. sometimes that is a part of the complex. If you are someone who's... Uh, is growing up within a culture that exists outside of dominant culture, 
Hmm. I think you get to a point in your life or in your formative years where you make a decision whether you're either going to take sides you're either going to conform or you're going to rebel and I chose to rebel and I think my sister chose to conform and, yeah. and obviously her career or work like her life is not you're not, you're not rivaling her for slots on well this is the, know, the but comedy club well, or... th- but this is the thing I never wanted to be in entertainment mm-hmm. and not because I didn't enjoy creativity but mm. my sister wanted it oh, and, and so I was like well if that's what she wants to do because she used to make it such a point of principle that she wants nothing to do with my life that I'd be like, well, if this is what she wants and you know, she'd, go, she'd read Stage Magazine and go to auditions or try and be a presenter, then if she wants to do it, how, how good could it be? What does she do now? Couldn't tell you. Well, actually, okay. I feel like she, she might do sales. So she might actually do the job that I used to do before okay. I started doing comedy. Hmm. So, Interesting. So I think she's in, she was doing media sales and exhibition sales, and that's the kind of thing I did before I started performing comedy and writing. Because that sounds like me and my brother uh, a little bit, because he's the, he's, he's, the, um, he's the rebel, and I sort of a quiet rebel, but I'm very frightened of everything. <laughs> she yeah. sounds like she's frightened of the world, right? And I think, again, if you come from a community that is othered, there's yeah, yeah. an awful lot more to be frightened of. I, I completely agree. And This whole story, by the uh, way, has got making up at 50 written all over it. Yeah, well... So, you know... I'm whatever. I'm just at a stage now where, like, it's even now we're just at an age where I feel like even we've had to even grow up at a sibling sibling rivalry because now you know my older sister we have you know we both have a, a nephew right. so whatever our hang-ups are they yeah, have to sure, yeah, 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 yeah those have to kind of be buried so yeah but it's two very so it's, very different it's a, takes it's, on it but, it's such a, yeah. but at the same time it's such a weird thing like I said because it's like this is my sister wanted to have a television profile and be mm. working in the creative industry and because she wanted it. I fought against it as a point of principle. <laughs> and even and for me and also define a stereotype because it was like as well as that, it was like as I was going on this new ideology, it was like I don't want to be another black kid who you know, hangs all their dreams on a career in mm. uh, entertainment mm. because that's what everyone does and this can't be the only way we absorve uh, observe like social mobility. So I wanna go this route of, you know, excelling academically and excel- excelling in like, you know, in industry. My God, what a mistake. And here when, we I, are. when I started working, <laughs> I, I swear, I'd be having a conversation and literally people turn around and be like, oh, so you went to university then? Yeah, well, you may have gone and I didn't go, but I'm still your boss. Didn't ask. <laughs> didn't wow. ask. And yeah, and it's these things. And I guess as I made the decision very early in my life to uh, not indulge in uh, this conformity mm. that... Uh, and, you, you, and, and yeah, you're always going to have those problems, I guess, if you're rebelling against the system. And I guess the more I did that, uh, maybe it was uh, a lot for my sister to deal with. Because I think she's, cause she, I haven't discussed this with her, but she spoke to my sister, she spoke to my friends about stuff like, you know, you know, Dane was always in trouble and he wouldn't even listen to teachers and he would do well. And by the end, they were just leaving to do his work by himself because he didn't need their mm. help. And so, right. and you know, Maybe that's down to it. Some people have asked if it's a question of jealousy. And I, don't, I just don't read too much into it because it's not yeah. something I could lord over her head. Because no, of course. Yeah, but you have, you, have, you have to... But listen, your perspective on it with respect is, is, is meaningless. It sounds yeah, like her exactly, perspective yeah. is the... Is the it's her perspective, yeah, yeah. because like, as I said, I, I've... Because I was never that brother who, like, read her diary or made fun of her, like, her, her romantic life or, you know. Yeah, but if you're brighter and you've got something and that she feels not smart enough quite to keep up with you and she's doing everything she can to be, you know, good and, you know, play by the rules and, and you're still the one who's sort of suddenly his life is getting more exciting, you know, there's going to be a yeah. resentment there. But a yeah, resentment I imagine, but, but, it's, but I'm saying it's always been there, but it's never been something we couldn't examine why. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure if it was like she felt being bright and stuff like that. Because I said, I just... I, I was, especially we were brought up with the idea. It's like, 
you have to share these gifts with your family anyway. Mm, of course. And at the same, by, by the same token, it's like, I could, I, I, in my house, I couldn't be like, well, I'm the one on TV because my family would make me you know, like, yeah, yeah. nothing you do is more important than anybody else's. Of course, yeah, of so, and, you know, so there's never been this thing of like, you know, being put on a pedestal, whether it's in a what family, what's that group? Yeah. I'm not even the funny one in my family, Richard. Yeah, I want you to know yeah, that. Yeah, my listen, cousin Marvin. That does not surprise me. Yeah, yeah. My cousin Marvin, he will, he will say something in our family, what's that group? And people will literally be like, yeah. oh, Marvin, you're the comedian of this family. Yeah, yeah, go have Dane. How, how on earth are you making money out of this? And, and I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. I've never thought That's you were really funny. Yeah. And I let them know. Well, if I did come from a supportive, functional family, I probably wouldn't be a comedian. Come back and listen to the next episode of this show where I'll be here with Marvin. Uh, Well, you've got to see my poor mum, who for years doesn't have to worry about me and my brother being competitive, has literally in the last three months had to read both of our novels and give us feedback. (laughs) I mean, mean, she's like Henry Kissinger, the kind of diplomacy (laughs) she's having to. Well, I have to say that that those two completely different answers are amazing because, I mean, I don't really experience sibling rivalry because my brothers are 10 and 12 years older than me. Oh, really? it's all done they've won there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. they've done it all so you've I, won you're like the baby they probably yeah. still buy yeah, you Christmas presents you want. but yeah. it won't matter whatever I've done I'm doing they're pretty much yeah pretty so weird though my, 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 my mother has six sisters so there are a lot of egos and emotions to manage mm, there but yeah. essentially they get on very well but there's relatively little rivalry it's hard my dad now my dad has so he has uh, another I think he has like six seven sisters and brothers and sisters in Grenada wow. but he has one sister that lives here and yeah, there's no rivalry. They are very, they're real close. Yeah. So I feel like he's like, why can't you two get on? Nice. Yeah, <laughs> listen. Sometimes you can't. You can't. I, I, just, I just think. I just think there is. It's not a. Um, uh, it's not necessarily a real malevolence, but I think. As we are twins, so yeah. there are going to be some similar. But people feel traits. so guilt because culturally, you're t- but you're told you have to get along. Yeah, but people I, I, feel I, I, that I just it. normally, but with twins, it must be. I, even think, it's, worse. I think it's weird, mm. but I, I feel like there's it's there's there's just something about me and my sisters. Are, it's like our just our disposition in terms of how we see the world. Yeah, like I think we have similar traits, right. but. It's just, it's literally just yin and yang. Yeah. And it's completely. And that's the worst. Which, it's talking cheese, which, which, which me and my brother absolutely have, but we yeah. managed to find a way. Hmm. So, for example, I, I'm somebody who, like, for example, how can I put it? Like, I will satirize the Kardashians. Yeah. Whereas my sister will watch the whole thing all day. Yeah. And that's, that's, okay. and that's who we are. The Listen, that's, it's, but it's, it's class. And any yeah, family yeah. that comes, my family came from the working class. Uh, and there's schisms within my family that bits of it are still very working class and bits of it have become middle class. Yeah. Right? Mm. And that's really awkward for people. Yeah, it really you know? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we find that definitely find a way through it. But it's it's definitive. And I listen, yes. I've, I've reached, I'm the most middle class. I'm like the middle class of this huge kind of family. I'm the most middle class. Because of course I am, so I work mm. in telly. But, you know, that's my culture is still. Yeah, that you know that 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 British working class, and it's difficult sometimes because you take something like we won't talk about Brexit, but the divisions in my family on Brexit were class divisions, absolutely class divisions. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they weren't intelligence divisions. They were I always think divisions. it comes down to food a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still a working class food. I still can't eat. <laughs> right. yeah. so if I bring you Iceland canapes at oh, my dinner oh. party, you're happy with that. Yeah. If, Whereas if, if my bring, brothers would turn their nose up. At bring it. me Viennetta and I'm. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Next time I see oh, you, that's, that's a very middle class ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that's the working, that's okay. the working class aspirations. Yeah, yeah. Ice cream. If it's in batter, I want it. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm glad we. I'm glad you answered my question. It, it felt like we really got somewhere. Yeah, that. I learned about the sibling rivalry I never have, so um, that felt like it meant something. Hey, you're not missing much. There's enough people. In probably, the world. Yeah. There's enough people in the world to yeah, fight yeah. against. There's enough yeah, things to sure. fight against. You don't need to do that at home too. I think we. I think we. <laughs> I think we're going to move on to Dane's question, which is our, our, our third and final question. Indeed, and. Uh, uh, we've worked together a few times on games. We have, yeah. It's been it's been very fun. Yeah, it's and, been very fun. And I and I never really had a lot of chance to do it because I guess uh, I'd be working in the day and uh, then I try not to uh, 
vegetate on like daily game shows when I'm traveling. Yeah, yeah. and that's just again, it's just a uh, it's a thing I've had to the discipline I've had to teach myself to keep mm-hmm. the brain active because it's very easy to stagnate in comedy mm. where you are uh, given free alcohol and food sure. and gigs, and then you yeah. can sit in a hotel all day. So I just try to remain somewhat active, but I do definitely enjoy them. I think they are an important part of culture, uh, having games of chance, and yeah. Simon, for those who can't Where's this going? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's um, There's a but it's, here, isn't there? I mean, it, oh, no, no, not a but, but it's, it's, just, I, I just, it's just, um, I guess uh, there is, a, where, where game shows and competition exist, there, I mean, there is some certain, certain elements of immorality that I, I think about in terms of uh, how much people hitch their uh, well-being on these games. Mm-hmm. Which mm. is this, I mean, this is always preamble for... Um, at the same time, there is an element of schadenfreude of people seeing people win and, or mm-hmm. people lose as well. Um, because I used to like watching Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, I love Takeshi's Castle. Oh, my God. Well, I don't even know where you win on that, but it's so yeah, fun nothing, to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know. And uh, I think the Japanese, uh, are, they're very enthusiastic about game shows. Yeah. But the more succinct way I can ask this question is just globally now. Yeah. What's the best game show you've seen and what's the worst game show you've seen? Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. I can think of a few of these as well. I can definitely tell you my worst. Okay, go on. Which is, and unless it was a joke, do you ever see this uh, blowjob <laughs> oh game God. show oh, thing? The, the in, Japanese yeah. thing, I've seen like clips of that, yeah. And you basically... What's it called? You, you, uh, I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember, I'm not going to make an offensive comment. Uh, <laughs> uh, you said blowjob already. Yeah, no, blowjob's fine. I, mean, yeah, I, I think it was called Takeshi's Fallacia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Takeshi's Brothel. Copyright. <laughs> Copyright Richard Osman, by the way, everyone. Um, uh, but that, that is definitely one of the worst things I've seen for a long time. I mean, and that was shocking. someone trying to read out. They were trying to read out yeah, something while being. Different things you focus on. Like questions yeah. and all sorts of things. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, but you could, yeah, I think most of, the, most of the clips we see from Japan are not really game shows. There's mm. someone that's created a bit of viral content and yeah. right, you know, yeah. it's gone viral and uh, that's all good. And it's this called, is called uh, hentai for anybody. But, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, so it comes under the umbrella term of hentai. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, listen, I'm a business guy, really. I'm a sales guy, mm-hmm. but quite apart from I, I, I work in a creative world. So I've, I, I love things that sell. It's the truth. And so, like with my novel, I said like, I want to sell as many copies as possible, and that's not because. I want to dumb down or I want to be lowest common denominator but I think if we're in this industry genuinely I think if we're in this industry uh, comedy less so but certainly entertainment uh, our job is to entertain as many people as possible mm-hmm. you know that's the that's my job my job is to entertain my mum and my daughter with the same you know that's yes, so the, the dream the, the more people who, that's cross generational that's my thing so I love you know if I see a show that goes huge you know there's almost always a reason so Millionaire went huge because it's a great game show with a very easy through line Weakest Link was absolutely huge so I just carried don't have to work no more so, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. I mean he really doesn't have to work anymore <laughs> poor uh, guy him in Birmingham and of course the, and the guy who came up with Millionaire the guy who came up with it is Stephen Knight mm. who even more famous these days for creating and writing Peaky Blinders yeah now, <laughs> might, that's a, might have doubled down there that's yeah. a hell of a career isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know biggest game show in the world and best yeah. drama in the world yeah, yeah. Um, so you know I love those shows I think the greatest Rolls Royce of a format the greatest format ever created is Family Fortunes it is incredible that's my favourite show ever because it constantly self-perpetuates mm. like, you look at something like Pointless it's really hard to come up with the questions for Pointless it's like yeah. really it's a, it's, it's a struggle Family Fortunes it just show after show after show mm. firstly you know it's fun to play secondly more importantly it's fun to play along 
with yes always listen you've been on house of games and the fun for me on house of games i always think that are we enjoying ourselves playing this game yeah but are people playing along at yes. home otherwise it doesn't exist otherwise what are we doing yeah, yeah, with, with, with five to. egos in a room you just think well that isn't anything yeah. you know telly people say to me sometimes someone asked me a question the other day said why do you always say well done to if you got that at home yeah and i think well who do, what do you think i'm doing <laughs> what, what do you think this job is <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just think that that's all my job is is to entertain people sitting at home. And sometimes they're on their phone; they're not really paying attention. But if they are paying attention, sure, and they've got an answer, yeah. I'm talking to them mm. because I'm not talking. You know, I'm not talking to the hundred people in the studio audience. That's not. You know, that's that's what telly is for me, uh, and always has been. But family fortunes, yeah. Listen, you can't not play. Yeah, you know, you sit and you play along, and the thing I've always loved about telly, the thing I have in my mind all the time, is a group of people playing and discussing and mm. arguing, especially like like a like a kid and an adult, and the, sometimes the kid beats the adult and certain things. You know, that to me is television. That's yeah. why it's the greatest. Um, that's the bit of television that's going to disappear, as we talked earlier. But that's the greatest bit of TV. So formats that can do that. So I honestly, I think the best format of all time is Family Fortunes. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, particularly from a the business perspective of the versatility it has because the families will obviously change so m- much the tone of every episode yeah. when they get the great casting. It's also a good point and, 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 it, and it does encourage that galvanisation of family because everyone can yeah. probably, yeah, so yeah. So, and it's always, you can't, <laughs> whenever, that's why when we play Pointless to do it in pairs, right? It's mm. much, much better. We judge pairs far more than we judge individuals mm-hmm. like the second it's a mother and daughter or a married couple or a boss and it, we're, just, we're kind of going if it's a married couple you're going oh really oh you guys are married well that <laughs> yeah. is uh, challenge, challenge that's that intriguing you, yeah. and family fortunes you look along the family and you just and you can't help but think of your family yeah uh, and you can't help thinking who would let us down there's always like a, like a dumb cousin on the end <laughs> yeah. and you think it's, have, you, uh, have you seen the American <laughs> clip with Steve Harvey, I when he goes, Harvey. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> things that normally follow the word pork, and the guy goes, um, coupon. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes, what the fuck? <laughs> pork? Yes, uh, I said, coupon. And Steve Harvey's like, are you fucking, <laughs> Steve Harvey's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's um, insane. There's some brilliant, there's some brilliant English, uh, ones that have been, there's, um, name something red, and the guy went, eh, my cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing but I'd love to host that show they do celebrity ones of that show as well yeah. which is, uh, which is uh, they're still ongoing isn't Family Fortune here right mm. do you know what hasn't it been up for a little on now and again doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Only, only the celeb ones so yeah celeb Family Fortunes Family Feud it's called in the yeah. States yes the yeah, original yeah. format yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's I'd actually say uh, as a, an addict of television throughout my whole life there are so many shows to pick from to pick my favourite game show mm. some of them are based I think I was mentioning uh, before we started recording uh, Blankety Blank with Les Dawson oh, as an great. absolutely incredible watch because I think the gameplay of that isn't probably the most inventive in, if you look back on it now but the the tone of the show because you have this comedian who doesn't yeah. belong in this place yeah. uh, is just wonderful yeah um, agreed well we make Cats Does Countdown here 
Yes. And that's the yeah. show. So we did it as a one-off for Channel 4 and they were mix and matching some of their formats. We did a one-off. They said, would you do a second one? Mm-hmm. Said, well, I suppose we could do a rematch between John and Sean. Uh, and now, so I think we've done about 150 of them. Right. Uh, but because it's got this beating heart at the middle of it, which is this game, mm-hmm. it's allowed us to make this show, which is so ridiculous. And you can bring on such amazing talent onto that show yeah. uh, who, who wouldn't work on any other show because... Every, you bring Joe Wilkinson on. We had one with Joe Wilkinson the other day. Yeah. He's on stilts. He's 50 foot high. He's literally up in the yeah. lighting rig. Okay? <laughs> uh, and so you can do that. And then the second that finishes, you go, okay, let's pick some letters. Yeah. You know, and blankety blank was the same. You got this little yeah. beating heart and it meant you could get someone like Kenny Everett, who mm. was such a maverick and such a genius. And you stuck him on Saturday night yeah. because it was containable. So he could be as mad as he wanted because you always know. And I always think this for formats. You always have. I've, I can go back to this centre of good in the middle, and we can move the show along. So mm. you be as mad as you want, Kenny, uh, and then we'll we'll yeah. come back to the question. And that's I mean, the the secret to it's, those it's things. It's kind of fascinating because you know when it works. Like I'm trying to remember the name of Bob Monkhouse's daytime quiz show. Oh, he did a lot. Full House. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that, Full it wasn't. House. It was more recent one. More re- Wipeout. Wipeout, which oh, yeah. Paul Daniels did as well. Yeah. Oh, man. That, and Bob Monkhouse he, was so funny. He was so funny. And, and, and it was... And, and, it, and it was and, in daytime, so and, had a particular tone And to kept it. it clean as well, yeah, but it was, yeah. it was so funny, but, like, not, like, too bubblegum and just... Massive influence on my comedy. Like, I, I watched uh, that at university. Yeah, so I curated cool. a thing for, for the BFI a few years ago, which is old game shows, right? So you go through, like, the mm. archives, 50s, 60s. There's, like, an old football uh, quiz from the 50s and stuff like that. But we were watching an episode of Bob's Full House. Lovely. And the key thing, my absolute mantra on everything is, I, I'm, listen, I'm sure I'm interested where everyone comes from, but get to the first question really quickly. Yeah, you know, Get yeah. to the game, because that's, that's what people are doing at home. Uh, so that was a... Uh, a 29 minute show 14 minutes in Bob asks the first question because he's doing stand up he's yeah, on 14 yeah, minutes yeah. of sort of chatting to the audience there was no audience there yeah, it's yeah. all dubbed on he's talking to the floor manager uh, then he's <clears> talking <throat> to the contestants and doing stand up with them Amazing. 14 minutes in he gets to the that's first question that's incredible but then are we talking quiz or game show because there is a difference there is a difference I'm keeping it game show but I guess yeah, game show is the broad thing because obviously I, I, you know, I've told you many times about my my pet game show, Play Your Pets Right, which is on Sky. Uh, Pets Right, nice. And, uh, got BAFTA nominated. Really? Which was uh, wow, a hilarious quiet, yeah. moment uh, yeah. of my life. I, I like, I, I'm kind of more into that than quiz in some ways. I like, yeah. I like the ridiculous Takeshi's Castle. I think if I was probably going to pick one that fits this bracket, it's going to have to be Crystal Maze. Because when growing up, mm. the Crystal Maze seemed to cover so many bases mm. of what I wanted from uh, something that would make me play along. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating that I could never play any of those games at home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet but you I still absolutely feel like... played along. Yeah, what well, it's like we way. do hunt celebrity hunt. Oh, sorry, we do hunted here, uh, and you can't play along, but you do. Everyone is sitting there going, "How would you do it?" Yes, all the way through. And the same with Crystal Maze. You go, "Well, mm. I just and then, do and, that, then do and then those things pop up in the same way that you have people have murder mystery weekends and yeah, I'm yeah. sure they have like the kind of hunted things as well. Uh, I, um, I, do you uh, remember the movie game? Uh, God, that's a on long B- time It was like ago. BBC on the B. It's yeah. like I remember screen tests, but that would have been before. So your this time. was like BBC One, and it was just before like I think Neighbours and stuff had come on. Like Andy Peels was still, host, I think, was still okay. the host. And it's called the movie game, and I, I feel like at the end there'd be like they would travel along like a like a snakes shoots and ladders kind of thing, but it'd be like a reel, that could be a film reel. Okay, makes but sense. No one yeah. seems to remember it apart but from movie shows you. never work. Yeah, people that yeah. would say the amount of pictures you get for um, you know, it's, have I got news for you, but for film. Like they even right. do one on Sky at the moment, and literally no one cares. Alan Carr's yeah, no one, one right? watches, yeah. you know, because it's not. It's just people are not people who love movies love movies, yeah. but it doesn't. It's not 
it's just not a genre that's ever worked. It's almost as if the uh, your uh, attention span, the, the gulf between to watch a film or an art house or memorable film versus a game show. They yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very two musical. different, very different mind states in the first place. Yeah, those, those, those are definitely in my Crystal Maze is definitely up there for me. Those are, but these are for good shows. Yeah, Crystal yeah. Maze is a little the bit worst shows is a tough time. one. Worst shows Wor- are very worst shows. worst shows is a very tough one because I I think something that I'd never it's like it's not like you sat and watched a box set and then said oh my god this was, would you say Naked yeah. Attraction is a game show definitely that's one of the oh, worst really? games in a way isn't it a dating game show it's yeah, definitely a maybe. game but that, the worst ever is difficult so I was I wrote an article once about Mrs Brown's Boys right because oh, yeah. people were so furious about Mrs so Brown's furious. Boys weird uh, and I wrote this thing saying listen and you're saying this is the worst sitcom ever written and you think no Listen, it's just the most successful sitcom ever written that you don't like. Exactly. You know, yeah. That's what's happened. People it, love that show. Yeah. And then people but, always say that in, out loud. Oh, God, it's so pure. And then they're like, actually, my mum loves that but show. But it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. it, listen, if you watch it, those guys, they've done, they've, they've done it on tour for years. Yeah. It's, it's, it is brilliant. You yeah. might not like it, but the fact that it's so successful means your opposition to it just grows and grows and grows until it has to be the worst show in the whole world. Well, it's the worst show in the world. It's something that lasted for one series, and you didn't like it, but also the people it was aimed at didn't like it either. Right, yeah. Mrs. Brown's Boys is, is, a, is a really, really good but TV comedy. But with, with, with quiz and game shows, it's kind of like... It's like, like you're saying, it, it would be something that died a death. Yeah, they, so fail, they I, fail big. I remember something, and whoever was involved in this show, this I don't want to say nasty things. It's not a nasty thing, it's just, it was a really sad thing, because you could see what they were trying to do, <laughs> and then it didn't work what out. What is this? It was, it was called Benchmark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Paddy McGuinness. Yeah, right? and, and, and I'm really not being critical of the people involved in it. Maybe there's a commissioner who's no longer a commissioner that made a fuck-up, or someone did something wrong. But there was a, it was genuinely a brilliant concept for a show, which was, you know, who, how many of these celebrities will know this answer, or how many of these people will know the answer, and who's oh, your, remember, be, who's oh, your benchmark that. for going for the mm. right? It was it was a really I, I really really, and then and then it just it just died really yeah, bad. Which they do, but listen, since Pointless was launched, people always talk about oh, people love quizzes, don't they? Since Pointless was launched, I think we counted up. There have been fifty-seven quiz launches since then wow of which and, and point this in the chase launched at roughly the same time 57 quiz launches since then of which only tipping points and probably impossible on BBC One they're the only ones that have hit they're the only ones that have that have, that have stuck hmm. which is extraordinary hmm. you know if you think about um, if you think about the amount of those amounts of shows and you think about channels who haven't had anything you know Channel 4 have not had a quiz yeah. hits for a long of, long time they just, do, they just do a big fat one at the end of the year and that's mm. pretty much yeah, it that's them, a, so. yeah, which, which is a kind of show essentially yeah, yeah. Yeah. this kind of brings us full circle in the sense that you know how is television evolving and people like comfort and mm-hmm. I would you can tell me if I'm wrong, but there is a comfort that comes from watching Pointless. And, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing they know how it works, they're comfortable with it, yeah, I think, and, and therefore yeah. giving them something new isn't the thing is they necessarily have to, the right thing to do. They have to get comfortable, mm. you know, and that took three series. It's only you see a slight yeah. uplifting but rate. But at this point time. now, in oh, its now run, it's, it, it's it, part it, of it, the it, furniture. And, 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 and so to bring new ones on... It's, it's really hard. How are you going to... They, they're comfortable. They like their... They like, yeah. they like their thing. I remember yeah. I was talking to my brother about a show you mentioned earlier called Two Tribes. It's a really good show mm. on BBC Two, uh, which I'm, I do House of Games instead of it now because it's... Uh, for various reasons. Mm. So we, make, we made House of... We made uh, Two Tribes. We did 30 episodes. And about three weeks in, my brother said, oh, I've been watching it. He said, it's really interesting in this third week. You really seem to... Everyone involved seems to have worked out 
the show. Right, You've really yeah. hit your stride. He said, that's really interesting. And I said, I'll tell you what's actually interesting is we're transmitting these out of order, completely out of the order that we <laughs> So the person who's hit their stride and worked out what they're doing is the viewer, mm. is you. You know, you've worked out what the show is. And why, you know, we knew from the start, because the first episode you've seen, we've played this 500 times before. Hmm. Like we've, we know what the show is and when it works and when it doesn't work. Uh, but viewers need to, you know, if you give them a little bit of time, if we change the rules on Pointless, like even just one round, people go crazy for like a month. <laughs> and then... If we then change the rule that we changed previously, they go crazy again because you just think, but you've just got to get used to stuff. Yeah. And like the offsider or people just got a mental understanding oh, of it. It's exactly yeah. like that. Uh, Don't bring VAR into pointless. That would go, <laughs> so that would do you, go wrong. I, love that. Do you, do you I do sometimes do a VAR sign. <laughs> if uh, did, you have a, did you have a worst game show then? Um, listen, I'm like, how had I think in that everyone's trying their best? Yeah. yeah. I bring up that benchmark thing because it was one of those ones that I watched. And you I think went, it could have been great. I think that might have been a really good one, and then it, and then somehow it went wrong. Yeah, I, the uh, ones I don't like are when companies that don't really make quiz shows have done it through a commissioner who doesn't really do quiz shows, and you watch it, you just go, but it doesn't really work. Yeah, you know, there's stuff that goes wrong with this, it's, and that yeah. as a union man, yeah, that infuriates me. You think you could have given that show to somebody who really yeah. loves this genre, and you've given it to somebody who's trying to cash in on this, which genre. is why I will die happily and know that I convinced the world they needed to get pets to play games they on television. They didn't need you to tell them that. But you know what? Three years. Three years. I remember. I'm not, not going to tell you how many broadcasters it took to yeah, actually get... And, and, I remember this. And the whole thing was prefaced on the idea that I couldn't... I, I had to keep convincing them <laughs> that you don't want to take these pets outside of their homes yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Li- or outside their parks. They, like, all these talks about studio and stuff. And I kept saying, no, no animal, no yeah. fucking cat wants to leave its house ever. Yeah, that's pets win prizes. And, yeah, it yeah, went, it was, and if you look back on it, it was a real disaster <laughs> of, of a show. It really not... It didn't work as a show. Um, but but it's it, it's such a joy when you see something that actually you go yeah look that you go yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I wanted to see that happen yeah uh, exactly and, that. And, and and that's what I think sometimes we we still get in television those yeah moments. people who love telly making telly is the best thing yeah. yes it still happens a, yeah it does can still happen they still exist that's that's probably the podcast isn't it. Pretty much. I thought so. Pretty much. Listen, uh, we need to talk a little bit more about your sister, but other than that... We're going to do a separate show about that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're done Trying to unpack those um, issues. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine. I, she's, we're just two very different people who weirdly have very similar DNA. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Richard, God, thanks for doing the oh, show. Sorry, absolutely. Lovely to Listen, see I've you. worked with Dana a few times, and I genuinely think I've, 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 I look forward to seeing where your career goes every time you come on a show people go oh he's quite laconic Dane though isn't he he's quite sort of low energy and any time you go on a show everyone goes oh my god he's brilliant <laughs> you know because you're brilliant on everything you do and it'd be fascinating to see where you take your career next because I'm sure you've got this your is, own this ideas is, this is my thing well I have but you ideas. could be so mainstream which I know, I know you don't want to be but I have ideas but then but do I not want to be mainstream or is it something I'm fighting yeah. against but it's just I just just how to realise all that potential because I feel yeah. like that happens a lot of the time that people have a preconception of me before I do these shows and they're like exactly that. I never knew who he was so I, I'm also interested to see how I can use this to yeah. uh, best I think we're all excited to see yeah. the new tour as well the yeah. new show Dane I'm sure so we'll see yeah. I, I just hope it, I, I do hope for success but I hope maybe it's different to what we've seen previously yeah. I think it's impossible Especially to watch here. you on a week of House of Games and not think this guy could be a big mainstream star because it could be I, whether I you want to be is very different and that's, you, uh, you hear that other producers <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 Not looking at me, me and Dame working. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, you guys are cool. You guys are cool. That's fine. It's just everyone else. Yeah. Richard, you tell us, tell people about stuff that's got coming up, no? This is podcast. Yes, yeah. Well, obviously, we're aware of the book, which will be out September 2020, but what else can we look forward to? Yeah, so Thursday Murder Club coming out 2020, which is what I'm focusing on next year. Pointless continues as ever. House of Games, 6 o'clock every evening on BBC2. We've got a Champion of Champions run coming up as well, which lovely Dame Baptiste. Amongst others uh, is on um, Child Genius Christmas special coming up um, and just you know what just lots of lovely telly but I'm just going to be an author now I think oh, that's my plan no. I love it. Yeah, no. yeah I think so we still need you on the screen we okay. do need you you'll be, you'll be back uh, I talked to um, a neighbour of mine who's lovely uh, this morning he said we, um, we clap every time we see you on screen and I said god your hands must be hurting which <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a great way to respond to that compliment that's cool <laughs> thanks again it was it's really, an absolute really pleasure Thank, Thank you, Jim. Thank you. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at DaneBaptweets. Our guest was Richard Osman. You can follow Richard on Twitter at Richard Osman. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Hey, if you like what you've been listening to, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.